the Talmud, Kriya Ela Talmud on page Chav Tes. So we have to all become Talmidim. <coughs> the the um, the entire Sefer is a call to the student, Chavis the Talmidim. But since we missed that part in yeshiva, it'll be okay. It's not going to be. It's not going to be chazara. Don't worry. It'll be all right. And um, this is a. Uh, uh, it's very difficult to translate this. This kriya uh, Talmud. and um, it's it's really one of the most beautiful and moving things that you that, that that you could find anywhere. And. Um, we can understand why the Rebbe was such a was such a, a great mechanach. Hashrecha nari Yisrael, v'ashreich elkecha. Fortunate are you, child of Israel, and 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 fortunate are you, and for, and great is your portion, is your chelik. Es Torah or Hashem lulmoi zachisa. You have merited, you are fortunate to learn the Torah of Hashem. V'liyah is ben Sha'ashua ben Rechumo. And to be Hashem's delight, His beloved. Alisa, you have risen. Malachi Elyon Yikanucha af Yikirucha. And the highest angels are jealous of you. And, and they honor you. V'sarfei kel olecha yismuhu. And the fiery angels are in wonder of you. Vaisichabdu and they honor you. Hashamayim Utsvam, Haaritsum Loa, heaven and all the stars, the earth and all that's here. Allah Yismuchu rejoice in you, Ulfanachi Yakanu and are ready to submit to you. Vizel Zashalim. And everything in creation is 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 filled with this question, is wondering. Miu Anar, who is this child? From whose mouth there are shooting forth pillars of fire. And the master of all worlds, Ramal Kal Ramam, who's above and, and above all of these angels, that Hakarjbaruhu takes pride more pride in this in the in the child than he does in all of the malachim and all the srafim vita samach and with this child with Hashem rejoices so they're all asking all the malachim like here all the malachim all the srafim they they see themselves as being the closest to Hashem and yet they see that the ikahanaches and the joy and the pride that Hashem Baruch has is from this child And the Rebbe continues, The Creator of the world rejoices in you. And therefore you too, he says, Yisrael, Jewish child. You too should rejoice. Your great fortune. And this great... Success, this is a great fortune. Because who is the person who would be 
fortunate enough and privileged to be amongst those who are constantly seeing the king. Those who are able to frequent the king to go in. What kind of a person wouldn't rejoice? And who is worthy? That the king of all kings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yilchash Loyas Matzpunov whispers to him his secrets. That the king shares with you his secrets. V'yilamid lo his Torah also, and teaches you his Torah. V'lo yichashav lo kalus roish, wouldn't it be considered to be kalus roish, to be... Wouldn't it be something which is kalus roish, careless and foolish, v'ovain and sinfulim lo yismach, you wouldn't rejoice. If such a person who has this privilege, where the king himself whispers his secrets into his ear and teaches him, wouldn't that person, wouldn't it be a sin for that person not to rejoice? How could you not rejoice? He says, I know. If you only would know really in the depths of your soul. That the Torah that you learn, that to learn with, in, it with your heart and your mind. <laughs> and if you would feel the closeness to Hashem, who's sitting mamish and learning with you as you learn. If you would feel that within you. And that was why aren't the children happy? And in our case, the adults as well. Why aren't we feeling this joy? That that every time we dive and every time we learn, there are pillars of fire that are shooting forth from our mouths. And the Malachim are all standing in, standing in shock that, that the king of all kings, Nachas, his delight and his pride is from this human being and not from them. So the Rebbe says, and so why aren't we rejoicing? Why aren't we filled with Simcha? So he says that if you would feel this, because we don't feel this, if we would feel this within us, that this is true, that this is happening. And if we would realize that that all of your requests regarding your, li- regarding your lives, being, being alive, your health, and and the life of your parents, and all that you ask, if you would only know that that your requests are in Hashem's eyes like like the requests of a child that comes crying to his father. And that Hashem responds to you. He answers you like a father who loves his child. Then you would be filled with emotion. You'd be filled with excitement. <laughs> and allows to enjoy. With all of your soul you would rejoice. The problem is, he says, because you don't feel any of this at all inside of you. You don't feel this. You only see yourself as just another kid. Therefore, your soul doesn't tremble. And you can't rejoice in the joy of the soul. 
Not only that, but sometimes you don't even want to learn the Torah of Hashem. You don't even feel like learning. You don't even feel like keeping mitzvahs. You're not even interested in hearing His voice. And it's because of this I'm coming to you, Ben Yakir, my precious child. This is what I want to make, this is what I want to, to help you with, to make you into. I want to help you to become the kind of a person, to become a Jew, upon whose face the chain, the charm and the beauty of the Divine Presence will shine. Your mind, libcha, your heart, v'chol evarecha, and all of your limbs, l'toyer v'avaydes Hashem yipaschu, will open up for terror and for serving Hashem. Libcha v'nafshcha b'kivus alakim Hashem al yodcha yagishu, your heart and your soul will feel the closeness of Hashem. V'ez kol b'kishay secha l'fanu v'yizbarach, and that all of the davening, all of your requests before Hashem, k'lifnei av ayyayv tishpach, you will know that you can pour you could pour before Hashem like, like, like before a father who loves you. And Hashem will hurry. Hashem will hurry to answer your tefillahs like a father who loves his son. But you should know this and you should feel this and that this should actually happen. Ben Yakir. He says, precious child. Perhaps you're afraid, and this is what you're saying. You're just a kid. You like to fool around a little bit, a little mischief. You enjoy playing playing with your friends. And and here's this guy coming, this Rebbe, and he's coming with his Sefer. To make you in one shot, to an old man. Right? Whenever, anytime any kid goes into yeshiva, and the second the Rebbe opens the mouth, he starts talking about, Yeshamayim, we're going to learn, you know, we're going to learn this, and we're going to do that. So right away the kid's thinking, this guy is coming to disrupt my, my, my life. He's coming to take away from me my Simcha Sechaim. It was my turn at bat when the bell rang. Right. <laughs> it was my turn. Hey, there were two guys on base. <clears throat> it was my turn at bat, and I was going to be the hero. I was having such a good time. I was in the middle of my show. I'm in the middle of a conversation with you know with my friends, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, this guy comes and starts saying, "You will now be God fearing, and you will now do this and do that, and and, and this, you know." And this mitzvah, that mitzvah. So he says, the Rebbe says, I know you think that here I'm coming in one shot. I want to, t- I want to, I want to change you. I don't want you to be a kid. I want you to become quickly. I want you to be an old man. Yoyshev v'daymeim, who sits and is silent and is stuck. Bularachik mimcha is kol yalduscha, and you think that I want to distance you from your entire childhood. I want to, I want to take away from you. Your childhood. I, I don't want you. I don't want to allow you to be a child. That's exactly what everybody's thinking. I mean, they might not articulate, but that's what the kids are feeling. That's what they're thinking. I mean, we might not be able to remember that, but that's what it is. That's what it was. It still is. It still is. But that that, that person thinks that that Torah mitzvahs and Yiddishkeit is 
is going to take away from him the simchas echayim, his joy in life, his fun, his ability to be, you know, a regular guy, to be with the guys, and, and so on. That's why many people, the Yiddish Katatel, even the ones that are, I'm talking about people who are Shem and Mitzvah, he's not talking about people who are not Shem and Shabbos. He's talking about people who put on Tzil and Dav and Shachos Minchamar. He's not talking to an audience that's not religious. He's not talking to public school kids. And he's not talking to adults who are not, who are not Shem and Mitzvah. But their entire way of keeping Mitzvah is without feeling, without joy, because, because even after they've grown up, their entire way of looking at davening and at learning is is that it's coming to take me away from being a regular, normal, well-adjusted, happy citizen of the world. And I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, I was happy. I was happy. So, you know, you'll see the guy with the yarmulkes, you know, still making his way Friday night. He'll get to shul and, uh, you know, sit with the guys and he'll schmooze a little bit and he'll say a little bit of a lachadaydi and we'll go on and on and on like this and Shabbos, Vaita and a little bit like this, a little bit like that but but he can't allow himself to get to get really, really serious about Teremitsis because there's that old feeling that he had since he was a child that if he if he takes this thing too seriously he's going to end up looking like one of the guys like in the in the Godolan pictures and uh, they look very unhappy. <laughs> they look unhappy. They look. They're very serious. They, they, uh, you know, they, they, they don't play tennis with their, you know, with their wife on Sunday morning or something, uh, you know, in June, and and or paddleball with the guys. And I don't want to be that kind of person. No. I don't want to be that kind of person. <laughs> so the Rebbe says, "I <clears throat> You had enough of this. Aval Taisa Gam Taisa. The baby says that you're making a mistake. Taisa Gam Taisa. That's a mistake. Nar Kishnei Secha Tishoyer. I want you to be a child according to your years. I'm not trying to make you become all of a sudden an old man. I want you to, you should be a kid. Im Chaverecha Chaverim Taivim Kerkecha Tishaber After Sachek. And I want you to be, I want you to be attached and to be good friends with the guys. But look what he says, Ke'erkecha, who are of your worth. He doesn't say Stam. I want you to have Chaveim Taivim Ke'erkecha, who are worthy of being your friends. To have good friends. Tishaber, be attached to them. Not only that, he says, Aftasachek, play. Have a good time. Vim kolze lamatora sheher madnu l'chamireish tagiyah. And with all of that, playing and having a good time, the goal that I am setting for you, you can reach, and you will reach. Imrak Teda, if you only know and understand Eich Lesachek, how would you, how to play? You could still play, but how to play? Most people, if you, if you ask someone, you know, how do, so how do we look at Yiddishkeit when we were kids, and maybe even as adults, you can ask someone, even if you ask someone that's not religious, ask someone that's not religious, some nice, you know, nice conservative reformed Jew that you know at work, or somebody from the block, or whatever, nice. How do you think, do you think that Orthodox Jews, do you think that Orthodox Jews are happy? Do you think that Orthodox Jews are enjoying their lives? That they enjoy life? Guaranteed 99.9% 
of the non-religious Jews are absolutely convinced that we are the most depressed, broken, miserable people. They are convinced that we have absolutely no joy living this way, that we're just compulsive and we were forced to live a certain way and we're guilt-ridden because of, because of the angry father and grandfather with the beard that told us we're going to burn if we don't uh, do this or that. Now, it's understandable why, why, why people would not like to join such a team, no? Like, from the outside, it's understandable. That's how the average non-religious Jew looks at a religious Jew. And they're shocked if they go like, if for some reason they, they get, you know, they get coerced into coming for Shabbos, and they sit down at the table, and if it's a nice home, or if you're a good actor, so then they, they, they're like amazed that like, wow, you know, this is really nice. It's really nice. I mean, you're not, you're not depressed? No. It doesn't, it doesn't bother you to, to have to be stuck in the house on, on, on Shabbos, and, and to, you can't go anywhere in Yontiv, and you can't go to this place, and this club, and this show, and this kind of life, and it doesn't, but no. No, I, I'm, I'm so happy and well-adjusted and thrilled with, with, with being a Jew and living a Jewish life. It blows them away completely. They can't believe it. It's, it. It blows them away much more than the fancy Torah that you said to them. When they go, when they go home, when they go home, they're not thinking about the Torah. Maybe afterwards they'll think that was interesting. It's nice, you know. The idea is a nice idea, but they can't believe is like. Uh, you know, I remember like uh, someone saying to me, you know, afterwards. Uh, well, you talk to your wife and everything. <laughs> so I said, "Sure, sure, I talk to my wife. You know, we, we, why not?" So I didn't, you know, I, I thought that you're ultra orthodox. You talk to your wife and you play with your kids. <clears throat> see, it's the feeling that I, I remember having when I went for the first time to see the Amshel of Rebbe. You know, he's a he's a holy Jew, really special person. So I went and I was waiting, and uh, and there was a scrabble. There's a scrabble in the closet, and I asked the I asked the shamus over there, like, why do you why do you keep scrabble over here? <laughs> you know, you you're waiting for the Rebbe. He says, that nice. The Rebbe plays that with his children. I couldn't believe it. So the Rebbe plays that with his children. He says, yeah, he wants them to know English also. You know, he's American, and he plays scrabble with them. And he also insists on changing all the light bulbs, but he doesn't let us do it. <laughs> That's what he told me, the shamans. The Rebbe changes all the light bulbs. He has some meaning with that. But he has to change the light bulbs. So I remember thinking, wow, he's a human being. He's a human being. He's a human, he's a human being. And, and, and the outside world, and in the eyes of children, I mean, the world that, that, that doesn't know, they're like children. They, just, they, they think that... that that Torah and mitzvahs and tefillah, that if, it, if you take it seriously and it's really something important to you, that it's going to tear you away from life. And people don't want to do that. People, are ha- people want to enjoy their lives. So the Rebbe says, I'm not going to tell you not to play. But you have to know how to play. How a Jew plays. You have to know how. And if only you would believe and know clearly that Hashem's Malchus, that Hashem is everywhere, and that Hashem's that Hashem rules over all creation. And Hashem is watching even your game, and He wants you to play, but you have to play like a Jew. I saw last night something. 
I saw about that the the Friedrich Rebbe from his um, one of the one of the uh, one of the guys in Shul is kind enough. He gives me the you know Chabad online. They have a very beautiful uh, they have a very beautiful um, magazine that they put out every week with Torah and stories. It's really really beautiful. Each each week is mom is beautiful. My my wife the children everybody's fighting over it like who gets it first. So there was a th- there's a, there was from the diary of the Friedrich Rebbe. It's very rare that you get to see like a, a Rebbe talking about how his father brought him up, what his father said to him as a kid. So there are a couple of things in there that really are amazing. So one of them, you know, you have to look at a few times. But this one, he says that he said that uh, when he ca- he was he went to visit, he went with his uh, he went with his father with the Rebbe Rashab, with the Shalom there. He went to visit the grandmother. And he was sitting outside with some of the friends, outside where the Rebbe was sitting by the window, and he was sitting outside, and the grandmother gave him a delicious piece of melon. Right? That sounds pretty harmless. A delicious piece of melon. And and he, and the Friedrich Rebbe said at the time, he was six years old. And he shared the melon with his friends. That's pretty good also, no? So he shared the melon with his friends, and they were enjoying it. Afterwards, the Rabbi Rashab, his father, called him in. And, and he said yes. And he said, I, I noticed that when you ate the melon, I was proud of you that you shared it with your friends. But I must tell you that I saw in your eyes that you didn't do it with a whole heart. <laughs> Six years old. So the Friedrich Rabbi said that if my father told it to me, I went to a room. He said, and for a half hour I cried and I vomited up the melon. And the grandmother was angry. <laughs> and said and said to the rabbi, he heard, I guess he heard, that the grandmother said, what do you want from him? He's a child. He's a little boy. What do you want from him? So the rabbi said, he'll remember that his entire life. And the, he'll remember this. His, his entire life. This is not for every person to raise a tzaddik. And then he was raising the Frida Garebi. I'm not saying it's for everybody. But the Frida Garebi didn't have tainus against the Rashab, at least not that he expressed. <clears throat> he said that he said that's how it, he says that's how a tzaddik educates a child. And it seems so harsh. The Rebbe didn't say. He said he said to him the sweetest way. He said, "I saw in your eyes that I saw in your eyes that." That you didn't give it with a whole heart, and you're giving it's good. Vaharzig, you have to give Harzig. Imagine. So, what the Rebbe is saying is that, listen, I want you to be a child. I want you to play, and the Rebbe is saying, I want you to enjoy your melon. But there's a way that a Jew does that. There's a way that a Jew lives. He's still in this world, but he does. But his thoughts, his feelings, it's different than a regular person. It's it's something different. So he says that. And the same way that a person has to take care of his physical needs, to eat, and to drink, and so on, because Hashem created you in such a way that you have to eat and drink. So therefore, it's, it's only natural that as children that you should play, and that and and that it's hard for you to hold yourselves back from playing, and and you don't have to. But you should know that even when you eat, 
and how you eat. And that's what the Rebbe, that's what the Rashad was telling the, the Friedrich Rebbe. But how you eat, Vagamba Mizrak, and even when you're playing, Yizkar Ha'ish, a Jew has to remember, that Hashem is the master of the world. That's the whole Yiddishkeit. You know what a Chiddush that is for a person to hear? That's the whole Chassidus. That's the whole Chassidus. That's uh, many times in Shul I mentioned what the Tzadikim said, as Hashem Lokech Atira. The Tzadikim say, Es, eat. But Hashem Lokech Atira, but not to forget God, right? Yes. It's okay to eat. But Hashem Lokech Atira. But don't forget there's a Baruch Shalom. Most, most people who are raised without that way of looking at Yiddishkeit, which is the Darach Hashem Tov, their instinctive feeling is that what Hashem is saying is, don't eat. And the only reason that you have to eat is because he's such a behemoth. Don't play. And every time you're playing, you should know that it's Navera. Every time you're playing, you should know that this is, what, this is not what Hashem wants. Vaharaya, didn't you hear about the story that the Vilna Gaon, when he was three years old, he finished Tanakh? And what are you doing playing? What are you doing? You're, you're, are you actually are you out of your mind? You're playing? You should be finishing, you should be finishing the whole Tanakh. And by the time you're sixth, you, sp- you should be finishing Mishnayis. And by the time you're ten, you're ready to make your first scene. Don't you know that's the Vilna Gaon did that? Don't you know Nazar finished Shas when he was twelve? And, and, and what, look at you. Look at you. Every single second of the game. You're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. It's an Avera. This is not what God wants. And even as adults, we're still limping from that way of looking at things. So the Rebbe says that you have to know, even when you're playing, when you're eating, that there's a master of the world. Who bro, who created the world, and who he go and he directs the world. He's paying close attention to the world. Everything is his. We are also his. I know I've set for myself, I've set this tremendous goal, this objective. But this is my goal. I have no intention forcing you to force you to go in the way of Hashem. That's not my intention. My goal is that you too will want to go in the Derech Hashem. We'll want to daven Marv. We'll want to live as a Jew. We'll want to open up a Sefer. Not that you feel that you're forced. And think, and think for a second, if you stop and think for a second, that if the Baruch Shalom would say, if there'd be like an announcement that would come, that would, that would be sent around, uh, you know, with all the signatures of the Gedolim, there'd be a letter that would be sent everywhere saying, you're off for the day. All Klaus, all brothers and sisters, you don't have to daven, you don't have to daven today, Minchem you're off. So you can imagine, you would know then what kind of a Jew you are, how you would react to seeing that letter. Those who would react were saying, what do you mean? I look forward to that all day, to a couple of seconds to spend with the Baruch Shalom. Like, like the Yudal Rebbe writes in Kuzari, that, that the, the time of davening is the fruit of the Chassid's time to be with Hashem. It's what he lives for, to be able to spend some time with Hashem. So that person would say, what, what, are, they, what are they talking about, are they crazy? And the other Jews will say, finally, these guys wisened up a little bit. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I'm waiting to hear this for a long time. And you say, honey, I don't have to go to shul today. Well, 
so the Rebbe says, I'm not trying to force you to be to become a Jew and to live that life, but but you're going to see. You're going to want to be that way. That's what you're going to want. He says, I'm not satisfied. I'm not going to be satisfied just by you doing the right thing. Right? Shemeshab is going to Shul. I'm not satisfied, the Rebbe says. That's not the Tachlis. Not that you should just do good things, but I, my goal is that you yourself should be good. You should become good. Not be somebody who isn't, but is forcing himself to do the right things. But delays bray because of guilt, and nobody, they're telling me to. But I want you to be good. As I told you. And since this is my main objective and goal, therefore I, am, therefore, I cannot leave within you even the smallest spark of a thought or a rotson of a will that is not good. That ultimately you have to be a Jew in every single cell, in every single part of you that's taiv, that's good, and that wants good. Therefore, I must enter into your... Listen to this, this is an amazing thing. Every word here is like, uh, is remarkable. Therefore, I must enter into your mind and into your heart. And straighten within you. Straighten out within you. Every thought and every will, every desire that's in you, to raise them up. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb into your mind and heart. And lift up your thoughts, lift up your emotions, your itzayness, your desires. I know, he says, you think I don't know that you're still having a lot of doubts, you're reading this and you're thinking, oh my, what are you talking about? You can't do this. And you have this question inside of you, and this is what you're thinking. How is it possible that this guy... This, this Rebbe, how is it possible, Shemi many, that a person like me, should become a great person like he's describing? How is it possible that somebody like me should become some great person? That I should be the delight, the joy, and the beloved of Hashem. That I should be such a person. Like this rabbi, like they're telling me. And not only that, I'm just a kid. He says, my father wasn't like this kind of person that the rabbi, that, that you're telling me. My father wasn't this kind of a person. He hasn't canceled his subscription to Sports Illustrated, you know, whatever. My father wasn't such a person. Isaiah is not such a person. They're nice people, they're good people, but not the kind you're describing here. I'm just a simple child. Lachain, the Rebbe says, I want you to know that that this crooked way of looking at things, also Hashir, because I cannot permit to remain within you. This crooked way of looking at things, I will not allow this to remain within you. The word of Hashem is being spoken to you, child. He says, I what I'm saying to you is the Dvar Hashem. 
And therefore, I say, Ozna, it's not my own ideas, are not my ideas. I'm, I'm giving over to the Devar Hashem. I say, Therefore, I want your ear to be made into a receptacle. I want you to listen. To hear, what does your Father in Heaven answer? How does He respond to the things that you have in your mind right now, that you're worried about, that you're thinking about as you read this introduction? I want you to hear what HaKadosh Baruch what your Father is telling you. Asher, some, the answer that Hashem has placed, in the mouth of His prophets, Vachachomov and his sages, the Saroso Hakadosh and his holy Torah. Vanachnu, and he says, Me, the Rebbe says, Rachnila, Kate, Echad, Echad. I'm only going to bring some of these teachings that have been given to the prophets, the Nevi'im and the Chachamim through the generations. I'm just going to gather them together. And I'm going to, and I'm going to give over to you these holy words of the Nevi'im and of the Chachamim. Kilahavis Eish, like flames. Lamant is Chazek, in order that you should be strengthened. Leheosais and become to be made Erez Ba'arze Halavonan, to be like a, a cedar tree of Lebanon. Ashenota Hashem that Hashem has planted in this world. He says, first of all, in Nofal Libcha Bekirbacha, if your heart has fallen within you. Why? Because your father. And your grandfather. Only simple Jews. Lift yourself up. Above them. And have a greater vision. Look beyond your father and your grandfather. You're saying, listen, my father is a simple guy. He does this, he does that. He's no different than, you know... I'm like my father. My father also is like this. I'll be this way. I'm not, I'm not such. Other, I, have, I don't have these hasogs of being a tzaddik, of being a tzaddik, of being this kind of great person. You know, what are you, what are you, what are you hitting me with this whole thing? So the Rebbe says, look beyond. Who are your ancestors? Holy people, prophets, Tanoim Hamaroim, Gainim Sadikim, these were your ancestors. Vagmora Maris Yisrael. And the Gemara says, Teach and every Jew. And main Nevi'im Hain, the Jewish people, every Jew, if he's not a Navi, we don't have Nevi'im now. But Benay Nevi'im Hain. But you're the children of prophets. And as the Rebbe explains, that means that there's something of the prophetic Kaychas that's still within you. You're a children of you're a child of prophets. You come from the Vim. And you shouldn't think this is something that once was and it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's, it's something of it's just a nice relic from the past. Like all the people that hang up pictures of religious Jews, they have all you know they have it on the, 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 the on the coffee table. On the coffee table in the living room they have this nice book, you know, Vanished World. And uh, and there'll be like you know some 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 old you know uh, Jews in it and it's very sweet and charming and they'll or they'll have a picture of their of their grandfather great grandfather great grandmother on the wall and <clears throat> but it's it's mamish something which is gone and they don't feel any shaykhis any connection to that that's it that they don't feel that connection I'm always amazed I'm always amazed that how nowadays 
that when you talk to when you talk to a kid who you ask, you know, I'm talking. I'm not talking about eight year olds or nine years. I'm talking about this is something that I've seen. You know that you'll have a twenty year old. You know, you ask him. So you know, I ask is your grandfather. Okay, yeah, Baruch Hashem. Where does where, he come from? I think Poland. You know where? No, I don't know. I'm not sure. It amazes me. From the time that I was, from the time that I could talk. That's all that I. That's all that I thought of. I, I, I imagined myself growing up in that city that my that my father came from. That's that's all I could name like twenty streets in that city from my father from the talks that I've had with my father, and and what it was like and who were the people and the characters in that city that that, that my father was was influenced by and that he and that he remembers. It's so much a part of my life. <clears throat> Nowadays you see like the you talk to people. Say, I have a shaykhus, not a shaykhus. Who, what, where? Grandfather. Yeah, I thought he, I think he went to some yeshiva somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Don't you care? It's not relevant to them. It's not relevant to them. Why should they, why should they be thinking about, like, why should they care about, about, you know, Krakow or Lublin or Lodz? Why should they care about you know about uh, Munkach or or, or 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 Vienna, whatever that place was? Why should they care about it? Right now, right now, you know, Michael Jordan's taking a jump shot. Like, why should I? You know, what shaykhs do I have to any of these people? They feel so distant from that. They feel so separated from that. It's a, it's, a, it's a great tragedy. It's a, in my in my eyes, it's a terrible tragedy. And you know, my my. Uh, my Meira was is married, and many of you shared our simcha and helped make the simcha. So, one of the my you know we ha, you know there's this ritual when the guy comes to the house, you know. So the daughter, my daughter waits in her room, and then afterwards my wife goes to bring her out. There's a whole like all these like things, it's, and you give her the coat, you know. It's like this whole thing. So, um, after the marriage, you know, no, no, after the marriage you get your own coat, <laughs> or, or he gets that coat. But but there's this whole ritual anyway. So the guy, you know, these guys walk in, they're terrified. First of all, it's scary. You know, it's scary to go meet somebody. It's a big rahmas. I always feel bad for the guys. So it's scary to meet someone. And then especially if it's like a rabbinical kind of guy you got to meet, you know, it's a scary thing. So, so, when they sit down on the couch and I sit with my wife and he's sitting there, you know, Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. So, the, you know what I talk about right away? It's not like I planned it. It's just I talk about it right away. I said, and I ask, are your are your are your grandparents well? Do you have grandparents are okay? Hashem. I ask right away, where are they from? It's not like because uh, of yichus. I want, I'm waiting for them to tell me, yeah, ma, I'm, I'm a I'm a descendant from the Morinaim or something. You know, I I don't care. I don't care about that stuff. I'm not into that. But I I want to hear whether whether it's relevant to him, whether it means something to him. And with with our Binyamin, so when he came the first time, I forgot that he was going out because I was Muslim from a long time. My wife said, <clears throat> so, I'm, "So I'm talking about the Zaydis and this and that, and, and and he also knows like the streets and all these things. We're talking, we're talking." So until my wife reminds me, I think you know, I think he came to meet uh, our daughter. <laughs> you know, I got with my pal, <laughs> and we're gonna go out. <laughs> so, so my wife told me, "No, I should think I should get me here in Oh, so it's good. Okay, it's going. But you know this is this is this is a tragedy. It's mamish a tragedy. Not to remember, not to care, not to care.
and the grandfathers are waiting that someone should ask them. They want they want the kids to ask. And they want to, to you know they they might not want, they, they want to skip the scary part, but they want to talk about things they have on their minds. And 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 my children they should be well. They ask they ask my parents all the time. They talk to my parents all the time about it. They ask him a thousand questions from the time that they're little. They're asking them, what was, tell us what was, and who was this, and what was it like. And, and it's not a game, it's not geography, it's not history, it's not social studies. It's, it's who we are. It's where we come from. That, that we come from great Jews, we come from people who died al Kiddush Hashem. We come from people, we didn't, we didn't pop into the world. <clears throat> we didn't pop into the world. We're, 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 this, we're children, grandchildren of, of people who, who, who died Al-Kiddush Hashem. Who, who, li- who lived every single second of their lives. With Rabbi Shalom. Every single second of their lives. They lived with Al-Kiddush Baruch So the Rebbe's telling this child, look, you know, you look at your father and he's a simple guy. He's a good guy. So you're thinking, you want to make me to such a tzaddik like you're talking about. The... So he says, look beyond your father and go, go back. You should know that you're, you're a ben navi, you're a child of prophets. And he says, it's not something which just once was. When it's finished, it's, it's done. Even now, you should know that this moment, there's a spark of your ancestors, the prophets, that is burning within you. Within you right now. There is that spark, that prophetic spark that continues to burn. And it's found in every Jewish child. And all I'm going to teach you is that you have to dig to find that. To reveal it within yourself. Why are you shocked? Why are you wondering? You don't feel yourself any greater, any different than the other guys, than the other boys. Therefore you feel it's impossible that you should become great and should become holy. In other words, the other you know I don't want to be different than the rest of the guys. I mean, the other guys are not any uh, big tzaddikim and kedoshim, and they don't think about these things. And they don't have this stuff going. So, look, why are you bothering me with this stuff? The last thing in the world that a kid wants is to be different than the other guys, than to be different from his friends. It's the last thing in the world is to be different. Hayim gam, hayim gam says, first of all. Do you do you know the etsem, the essence of your friends? Do you know who they really are? Do you know their etsem? You don't know their, their you don't know the essence of the other guys. Do you understand what's inside every Jewish child? Do you understand the etsem of a Jewish child? A kid doesn't understand that. Another, we don't understand our own children. We understand our children, the etsem of the child. See, when the Rishab, when the Rishab said to, to, to his son, to, to Friedrich Rebbe, he said to Yosef Yitzchak, I saw in your eyes that you didn't give with a full heart. He understood his child. You can't, he wouldn't say that to another kid, because the other kid couldn't deal with that. But he understood that, that inside Yosef Yitzchak was the heart of a big tzaddik, and he could say that to the kid, and that, what, and that he would become a big tzaddik because of it. Do we understand our children, what to say, what not to say? 
you know how much there is that we haven't said that we should say? And you know how much that we've said that we shouldn't have said? We don't understand the children. So the Rebbe says, you think, he says to this kid, you think you understand your, your friends? You understand them? He says, what a Yid is, what a Jew is? I want you to listen to this medrash, and you're going to be you're going to be amazed. Come and see how beloved children are in Hashem's eyes. This Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin had to leave Yerushalayim, went into Golas. And the Divine Presence remained behind in Yerushalayim, did not accompany the Sanhedrin. That the Mishmaros, the, uh, the assigned groups of the Kahanim and the Levim, were forced to go into Golas to leave Yushalayim, but Gol says, and the Divine Presence did not accompany them. But when the children were forced to leave Yushalayim, the Kaven Shagolu Tinaikis Gol says, that the Shechina went, the Divine Presence went together with the children. And he explains in the note that the Tinaikas doesn't mean babies. That's, that's Pashat. Ad Kamlesha. This is what it says in the Medrash. Kol kach yikarim heim etzel kadosh baruch hu nari yisol. Shalom din taira. So precious and beloved are Jewish children who are learning taira. In Hashem's eyes. That a Sanhedrin golu. Gam a kahan levim. That, even, that the Sanhedrin had to go, and the Kahan, the Levim, and the Shechina didn't go with them. The Shechina could separate from them. But when the children were leaving, the Shechina said, I am so bound to you, I am so attached to you. The Shechina said, I can't be without you. And therefore, together with you, the Shechina says, I accept upon myself together with you, the yoke of the of exile. The Khivyokali Mohim Yachad Batsarasana, therefore I will suffer together with you with the children in Golas. Vahim Gambasmachu Bidaitakali Sovens says, You don't understand this. And if you have and if you can't understand, if you can't accept this, it's too amazing. Listen to the words of the Navi Yeshaya. He carried Hashem Svaka is base Israel. That the Jewish people are Hashem's vineyard. The Ish Yehuda Natasha Shuv and Hashem and and the Jew the Ish Yehuda is Natasha Shuv is Hashem's is the plant that Hashem has planted that He delights in. Call base Israel Akem Shal Hashem Hu. It doesn't say. And the Pasik Kem Hashem Svakis accept you. It says Bas Israel, every Jew. Call Bas Israel Akem Shal Hashem Hu. Vish Yisrael Aprati Eitz Yakar Hu Shashem Eshtasheibai. And each individual Jew is that 
precious plant, that tree that Hashem delights in. If he lives in the way of Hashem. You two are are a little a, a little tree, a, a, a sapling. And now that when we speak to you, I don't even know how great you are as I speak to you. I don't understand your greatness. And you don't know who you are. And you don't know who you can become. What kind of a tzaddik you become when you, as you grow in a virtuous Hashem and a learning. To be a tzaddik and a guy whose name will go from one end of the world to the other. Or maybe you're going to be an usher, a wealthy person, but who's able to serve Hashem. In a great way, with Torah and with Yira, about tzedakah gadol, maybe you'll be a very, very generous Jew who gives a lot of tzedakah. Tovel Shemaim, who is a God-fearing Jew and lives as a good Jew, but Tovel Abrius and he's good to Jews. Asher Teferis La'am Yisrael Kulatin, you will be the pride of the entire Jewish people. See, the B'nai Brak edition would have left that sentence out, that you might be a, a wealthy Jew that gives a lot of tzedakah to help other people. Because how could there be any tachlis for a Jew other than being the Agayin, other than being the, the Agayin in Torah? So this, the Rebbe says that you might not be, you might not turn out to be the, a, a, a big Lamdin or a Rosh Hashiv. You might not. But you can still be a person who's good to Jews and, and, and is the pride of the Jewish people. So that every Jewish parent will say, will daven, and will and will give a bracha to his child and say, may you be like that, like that person, meaning you, may you be like him, may you grow up like him. That's what other people will say to their children, that they'll point to you, and they'll and they'll and they'll see you as a bracha of what their children can become. The Rebbe says, I've heard of many, many Jews, many Gidoli Yisrael, many great Sadiqim I've heard, that when they were children, you didn't see any difference between them and their friends. They didn't look any greater than their friends. When they devoted themselves to serving Hashem, God lose slowly they became great, and they succeeded forever and ever. They will be considered the leaders of our people. And all Jews, the entire Jewish people, are basking in the radiance and the shadow of their Torah. And until Mashiach comes, we will go, we will move forward in the light of the Torah of these tzaddikim, who when they were children didn't see, were not different than their friends. Didn't appear to be any different than, they were like any other kid. They weren't different than anybody else. The Rebbe says, I'm not telling you that, 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 that there's no difference between the talents and the karchas of one child and another. There are different, there are different children. 
All I'm saying is that by looking at a child, you cannot tell what's going to be. You don't know yet what your kaychas on your kishrein is to make a decision that I'm not going to be that tzaddik. I'm not going to be that bal tzaddik. I'm not going to be that holy person. Because there are students, there are children whose kishrein whose talents are hidden. And closed within them. Till it's impossible, you wouldn't believe. That he could become, this child could become a gold of Yisrael. And I've told you many times, there are many stories about Reb Chaim Brisker, about that, that Reb Chaim Brisker was a child that no one thought he was going to be a gold of Yisrael. Reb Chaim Brisker. And then it's his. And there are other great tzaddikim. Hain no one would have ever imagined or dreamt that this person could be a God of Yisrael, whether it's in learning, or if he's not, if he doesn't have that kind of an intellect, but in in his in his devotion to serving Hashem. And when he grows up, he's a wonder in the eyes of all those who knew him. That this is a, this is my friend. We grew up together. This is my buddy. And and look at this now. Now you meet your old friend, and he sees in front of him somebody who's an exalted person, and before whom all other Jews are coming and they're humbling themselves before my my old friend. What happened to you? When did you when did you become great? I knew you was just a kid. And what about the other side of this? How many precious neshamas are there that have the ability to, be, to illuminate the eyes of the Jewish people and nevdu, and they were lost to us. Mamish lost, gone. Nevdu, Because they were negligent in serving Hashem as they were growing up. This is a sad thing. This is the saddest thing really. Now you have people that, that they'll cry all day long. They'll go to Holocaust memorials. They'll go to Holocaust memorials and they'll cry. And they mean it. They mean it. It's a brochet. About how many, about how many neshamas Hitler Yamach Shemo was able to take away from our people. And they make cheshbainis. Let's make a cheshbainis. If there were two million children, let's say. Two million children. Three million children. Whatever there's machlok is about the numbers. But let's say. Two million children. So they make the cheshbonis that those children, if you figure out now mathematically how many Jews there would be in the world, right? And you know what the saddest thing of all? Because you have that person standing there at the Holocaust Memorial making this cheshbon, and his own kid is in public school, dating a non-Jewish girl. Hitler didn't kill him. Hitler didn't kill the kid. Thank God. And yet his grandchildren are going to be going. The grandchildren are going to be going. It's neshamas shenevdu, souls that are lost. These people that are crying at the, at the Holocaust Memorial, but they're not crying about the Yiddishkeit that they didn't give their kids. They didn't give their kids Yiddishkeit. <clears throat> and they didn't give them, and they're not giving themselves Yiddishkeit. Those are not neshamas that are lost. With all the chashbayness of how many people Hitler killed, Yimach Shemai. What about the ones that, that we ourselves? And if we don't raise our children to be fiery Jews, to be, to be Jews that are filled with Torah and Avaidah, 
can we be certain what's going to be with them? What's going to be Darius from now? Don't you think when you meet this when you meet this Jew who's still a Jew who doesn't who never heard of he doesn't know what a Shabbos a Yontiv is and his kid is dating the, is dating the, the non Jewish girl? Don't you think his grandfather and great grandfather also had a bid in Paris? Don't you think that they were also they were also eaten? Do you think that that great grandfather would ever have thought that he's going to have a descendant that's not going to be Jewish? Would he have ever imagined it? So something went, something went wrong. Especially that generation that, of Jews that came to America. I mean, something went wrong. So we, we're satisfied. Think of it. Think of ourselves, the Chavayim, people that you know, you're in your Chavra. If you're satisfied thinking, okay, listen, I did my job. My kid is Shem Shabbos. Oh, Hashem. Okay, nowadays that's no small accomplishment. But we have to think about our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, our safe kaladayers. And if we don't bring up our children to be Jews that are on fire with Yiddishkeit, on fire with Yiddishkeit, if we don't bring them up in such a way where they see, where they, with with their Yiddishkeit is mamish seeping to every single part of who they are and is the essence of who they are. So then what, what do we know? Are we going to be like the grandfather? That, you know, that we're going to have, there's going to be some picture, Halvai Mashiach should come and all this craziness should already finish. But there's going to be a picture on the wall and, they, and, and you want your grandchildren and my grandchildren to say, yeah, my great-grandfather was Orthodox. Isn't that cool? Yeah, he was Orthodox. Yeah, 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 sure. I heard stories about him. Stories about him he used to go up to this Chabura in this synagogue in the morning, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> an Orthodox guy. You know, Orthodox people. Yeah, sure. Well, and you know, some, some charming stories they're gonna say about the Orthodox grandparents. So nobody's thinking that could possibly be but I got news for you. Neither did any of those Zaydas and Babas. They never dreamt it could be. They never in their wildest dreams could have thought such a thing. So what are we gonna be? What are we gonna do? So how are we raising our children? With a minimal amount of Shmir Shabbos to be, to be Shem Shabbos to fix them up, send them to some Yeshiva and to come back. They'll be a little bit more religious than me, that's okay. Not too religious, a little bit more religious than, than the parents, that's alright, I could take it. I could deal with that. But to be on fire with Yiddishkeit. So if we're not raising them to be on fire with Yiddishkeit, so then you could, you could almost bet your bottom dollar that the grandchildren are going to be ice. Hashem Yirachem. And, and so what are we doing? And make the Pash Techajman. Even if you don't care, if God forbid you've given up on yourself, how can you give up on your children, your grandchildren? It's a posh to Hashem. I think about this every single minute of my life. How do you give up on your children and grandchildren? How do you, how do you deprive Hashem of that nachas, of these neshamas, of tzaddikim, of gedolim, of what they're supposed to be? Our children and grandchildren, that Hashem entrusted us with these neshamas. And Hashem trusted us that we're going to raise them to be tzaddikim. That we're going to raise them to be elech not just that they yaitzeh with the Yiddishkeit. Not just people that they makayim the mitzvahs to be yaitzeh. And they're going to end up also sitting in the back of the shul, schmoozing with the guys. And then after that, they're not sitting anymore in the back of the shul. It's only one generation or two at the best that they're schmoozing in shul. But by the third generation, second generation, third generation, they're schmoozing someplace else, not in shul. Thank God they're really still schmoozing in the back of the shul. But then after the back of the shul, there's a wall. And after the wall, there's a world. And people, and, and, and what are we going to say to the Baruch about the Shamas that he gave us? Hitler didn't kill them. Here we are. Baruch Hashem, we're alive. And then with our own hands, with our own hands, we deprived Hashem of those neshamas. We took away from the Rabbanu those neshamas. 
of who those children were supposed to be. Are our children the Jews that they're supposed to be? Are we doing all that we can that they should be those Jews that the B'nai Shalom wants them to become? That they can become? When we make decisions of where to send them to school and how much Torah they're going to learn in that school, are we making the decision because because of Hashem? Are we making the decision because of our idea of what Hatzlacha means in the world? What does Hatzlacha mean in the year 2002? How much Torah my kids going to learn? Who are my children's friends going to be? I'm so shocked. I can't believe that my kid is doing this. What do you mean you're so shocked? You put him into a place where they all do that. No, I thought my kid's going to be different. What are you, out of your mind? Your kid, why should your kid be any different than his friends? I'm always amazed by that. I'm, it always amazes me. I can't believe this happened to my... I can't believe my son... I found out my son is, on the, is sending emails to a girlfriend, to a girl, and he's involved in this whole... I can't believe it. So I, I, I never understand when they say that. I'm, I'm not sure. What were you expecting? You thought that it, you, you expect them to go to this place, to this, to this school, to this camp. You expect them to go there and, and to do what? To be learning the seals of Sharm? <laughs> well, what were you thinking? You know, boys are attracted to girls at some point. You know, that happens, and it's happening a lot earlier than it used to. Well, what were you thinking? And then, oh, because you never think that's going to be your kid. But that's a shtus. A person as a balseichel understands that that's not how life is. It's a shtus. And, you, and, and if you say it, like, you know, you're a Russia and you're extreme, and you, but you have to think these cheshbonis when you, when, when you have a baby of what you're going to do with the neshama that the Baruch Shalom gave you. And that afterwards you blame your kid, and all these parents are angry at their kids, or they have tinnitus against the teachers, the teacher, the teacher, they didn't turn my kid on, or the yeshiva. Ah, this, there are tinnitus. There, there, are, there are plenty of tinnitus. But, but look, you with your own hands... Put your kid in that matzah. You might even be paying seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to destroy your kid. You're paying to have your kid destroyed. That's a pella, no? I mean, for you to pay for such a thing, it's a pella. When you're making a decision, and to be small-minded to think, well, all the yeshivas are fine. Yeah, every yeshiva has its purpose. For those kind of families or those kind of that don't have yet the cheshbon that you have, that's true. We want the kids to remain in the yeshiva, and the yeshiva should be helped and supported, a hundred percent. The yeshivas with the girls all helped and supported also the boys and girls because because not everybody's holding by your cheshbon. But if you're balseichel, and if you are making a cheshbon on nefesh, and you're not just trying to be yaitzay, then you have to be out of your mind. So how can that be? You're balseichel, but you're out of your mind. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I, I can prove it to you. It happens. <laughs> so the whole Indian of Pesach Shaini is not to, God forbid, feel that it's finished, it's found, that it's lost. The whole Indian of Pesach Shaini is for Jews to know that no matter what's happened until now, it's never too late. And the, de- the decisions that we've made are not decisions that are too late. To, it's not too late for us to, to be Jews that are that are that are able to give chizik to our families, to ourselves, and to say, Why should we be any less? So we make a Pesach Shein. If we didn't make the first Pesach, because we were Tmeyim, or we were Derech Rechaika, so we'll make a Pesach Shein. Other Rabbi, the Baruch Shalom had tremendous joy, and he brought a new parashim to the world that's called Pesach Shein. It's for people like, for people like us. Okay, good chance.